This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by InPen from Companion Medical. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box Podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise, and to always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. MDI users, this one's for you. How would you like to live your life less complicated? You can do that with InPen. InPen is a reusable injector pen that has its own smartphone app. They talk to each other through the Bluetooth. That Bluetooth is magic, isn't it? You know what the app does? I'm going to tell you a lot about it over the next few weeks on these Friday shows, but for right now, dose calculator, dose reminders, reporting actually tells you if the temperature of your insulin has gone out of range. Not only that, it connects to your CGM. Ooh, I got you there, didn't I? An app on your phone that connects to your continuous glucose monitor that connects to your insulin pen. Now you want to know more about InPen, don't you? Check out companionmedical.com. Welcome to Ask Scott and Jenny. In today's episode, I, Scott, and Jenny, Jenny Smith from the Diabetes Pro Tips series and Defining Diabetes, you know Jenny. Jenny works at Integrated Diabetes. She's a CDE, a registered pump trainer, CGM trainer, dietitian. She has type 1. As a matter of fact, if it was the mid-70s, Jenny would be the bionic woman of diabetes care. She'd be Jamie Summers. And for all of you who don't get that reference, I hate you for being young. In today's episode of the show, Jenny and I are going to be taking questions from you, the listeners. In this episode, we answer questions about bathing and whether or not that affects insulin, drinking, and how to handle it. And the third thing, not lying to you, I cannot make out my handwriting. Oh, well, you'll have to figure that one out on your own. I mean, it's only like 20 minutes long. You, you can do it. I wish I was kidding. That is what just happened. All right, you ready? Etta. EDA is Etta, right? Eda, Etta. It's Etta. Let's call it Etta. Etta says, this is interesting because I think we kind of gone through this in our exercise episode recently, but she said, okay, another doctor rule. When we got diagnosed, we were told not to take a shower an hour past post-insulin intake. Is I that, read this one. Is that, yeah. is that true or false? My son's eight years old, needs a shower every night, but sometimes we have to alter our night routine because he was given insulin. This is Interesting, because I think this is a great example of doctors trying to give you boilerplate answers to life's <laughs> questions, and now doesn't consider that for the rest of time in memoriam, Edda's kid is sitting around dirty, not going to bed <laughs> right? because, he had, because he had a snack, you know? Um, right. I get the overall... So I've never really seen it. Arden showers and her blood sugar doesn't get low. Is that because her basal's mm -hmm. right? And she doesn't have too much insulin in her body when she gets in the shower? What is that about it? Because I've seen it happen too, where she jumps in the shower and her blood sugar falls. Yeah, it, it's it's really, I mean, it has to do with the fact that in a shower, unless you're literally taking like a polar bear plunge, mm -hmm. which here in the Midwest you do in the middle of winter, right? <laughs> that I guarantee is not going to cause your blood sugar to fall. <laughs> you guys now all have a great image of what Jenny looks like going from her shower to her towel to her bed. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so overall, warmth to a site that's infusing insulin, warmth 
creates, you know, it causes the blood vessels to move closer to the surface of the skin. And since that's where we're kind of infusing insulin, um, you get more vasculature, you get more um, circulation, I guess is the easier term, so that your insulin action speeds up. So you can get drops in blood sugar. Now, does it happen for everybody? No, it doesn't happen for everybody. The warmer the water, the longer the time that you spend in the water, et cetera. Um, I know myself, you know, I mostly take showers now. I, with two little kids, I really don't have time to lounge in the bathtub for like three hours and read a book. That, so <laughs> that, that Calgon commercial is a lie, Jenny. It's a lie. It's <laughs> totally a lie. Sometimes, in fact, I've said, I need a Calgon moment. And my husband will like sort of laugh in the background. I'm like, I seriously. But um, you yeah, so, you know, now that he knows he could be replaced by dark chocolate peanut butter cups. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> Forgot I told you about yeah, that. Yeah. He, he better. He better get in line and just laugh when Jenny says laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, I, if I spend five minutes in the shower, I definitely don't see a change in my blood sugar. Now, is my and I wear Omnipod, so my pod is not like soaking in warmth. It's you know, I'm moving around in the shower, not just letting the shower water hit specifically that place. Right. But for a kid who might be taking a bath. Whether the if maybe the pump site is completely submerged in the water, if they're like my six and two year old who love to like play in the bathtub until it's literally like frigid ice cube cold, um, and then they scream when they have to get out of it, you know. Um, if that's the case, it may be a reason that doctor is being. I've never heard that a doctor actually even bring that up, so I think it's interesting that their doctor mentioned that. I've heard at all this a lot. I've seen this a lot, so. <laughs> But really, yeah, I, I think it's interesting, but you know, it's, I think it's a preventative for, Hey, let's, let's not have you have low blood sugars just because you're taking a bath. But quite honestly, you know, if he's taking a bath and you're doing an injection in his upper arm, technically the bath, unless he's laying down in it, shouldn't cause a drop in blood sugar. Again, time frame is also a difference there. Um, I have noticed a difference if I've been sitting in like a hot tub. Um, usually on vacation, if we do that, I try to have my pot on the back of my arm so I can kind of hang my arm out of the hot tub and not like boil my insulin or anything. Right. Um, but even so, just the warmth of sitting in that much, much warmer environment, I have definitely seen my blood sugar come down. So that's, it's not odd. Um, your doctor was certainly not, you know, just blowing smoke. Yeah. For clarity, too, you're not saying that we don't want to heat the insulin up because it works better when the insulin's warm. You're saying that when your cells are warm, just like we talked about in the exercise yeah. episode. The Absorption is faster. And yeah. yes, okay. mm -hmm. right. exactly. Okay. Uh, well, I, I like that one. Um, this one's interesting because I, I said to someone recently, I have to find a real like professional like drinker to come on the show and talk about how to bolus for booze, right? Because I, I don't know, but you live where it's cold. You must have to get liquored up to get through the winter. Um, <laughs> not so much, not but so much. So do you, some so, people probably do. So Jim says, what's general best practice considered for bolusing for booze? I generally don't bolus with my adult beverages, but what, but I'd like your take on this. And then, mm -hmm. and then Emily came in and said, yes, I gave up beer for more than a decade because it was so difficult to manage my blood sugar. Lately, I've been allowing myself one beer, but I tend to nurse it. So should I do a bolus, an extended bolus or a temp basil? 
So what are you, I, and I'm not a drinker at all and I don't have diabetes. So I'm out on this one. Yeah, it's very, it's a good question. Um, so in, in general, uh, an alcoholic beverage that has carbohydrates in it, you will require insulin to cover the carbs in it. And that's, we're not talking about alcohol part of it yet, just the carb part of it. So a beer, most beers, in fact, the lighter the beer, like the pale ales and those kinds, they tend to in 12 ounces have somewhere between like 15 and 20 grams per 12 ounce. The darker the beers, like the stouts and the Guinness kinds of things, they tend to actually have less carb, usually only about like 10 to 12-ish grams per 12 ounce. Um, so there's a little carb for you, um, beyond what you'd have to bolus for. But if you are not a college beer slam drinker in two seconds to see how long, you know, how quick you can actually get it down in competition with somebody else, if you're nursing it and it's a social drink, um, my assumption is that you're probably drinking a beer over, let's say 30 or maybe even 60 minutes. Let's, it depends. Okay. She brings up a good point. Yes, extended bolus is absolutely very beneficial there, especially if you're drinking the beverage on an empty stomach with no food with it. Okay. Why is that? Um, mainly because food would help with the overall, just it helps with the absorption that your body is also working on digesting the food and the, the beer or the alcoholic beverage is sort of being absorbed and digested kind of along with the food. So you have less impact of like the alcohol component mm -hmm. up front. Okay. So you have less tendency to have that drop first, even with a beverage that has carb in it. Yeah. Um, but again, in a, in a no food environment, just drinking a, a mug of beer, essentially an extended bolus would be a good idea. Let's say over 30 minutes, even over 60 minutes, just depending. The other types of alcohol, let's say you're just doing something like, um, gin or vodka or something that really doesn't have a carb component to it, there's no reason to bolus for it since there's not a carb piece to bolus for. But does that mean that you shouldn't consider the impact of alcohol at all? No. In fact, conventional pumpers, the, the typical recommendation that we give is when you've finished drinking, Let's say you've consumed three beers or three, you know, drinks with vodka that are carb free or whatever it is. At the end of drinking, the goal is to take your basal down a decrease of 40% for two hours per drink consumed. So at the end of the night, if you've consumed three alcoholic beverages, three hours. times two hours would be six hours. You would decrease your overall basal by 40% for six hours. And that helps to decrease the chance of lows, which are the end result of alcohol being processed in the body as a first response of the liver. The liver's, that's one of the liver's many, 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 many jobs is to process the alcohol out because it's seen as kind of like a toxin, yeah. right? So in that same form then the liver output of what your basal insulin is supposed to be covering it's not outputting that drip 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 of glucose okay. that your body is supposed to be being covered by the basal rate so if you have lower output you're not going to need quite as much of that basal and the alcohol can tend to then cause low blood sugars interesting i had no idea yeah and i here's one thing i do know that i can add even though it wasn't asked glucagon doesn't help you when you've been drinking. Is that right? Or is it not? 
it, it's not as effective. It's, it's not as effective. It can be less effective. Yes, because again, the liver is first word, especially if there's a fair amount of alcohol in the system. Mm-hmm. I mean, one glass of wine. Glucagon it's very wise work, if you, yeah, yeah. glucagon would be fine, yeah. but you know, if you've had several drinks and whatever, and you're kind of like tipsy and the glucagon would definitely have an impaired ability to help. And that's because your, your liver is busy with other things and it's depleted mm-hmm. in the, in the glucose that, so if people understand or not, glucagon releases glucose from your liver. It's not a magic thing that brings your blood sugar up. It's not, it's not, yeah, I don't know if everybody understands how it works. So if you're a power drinker, uh, looking at your friends right before you pass out and saying, hey, if I have a seizure, mix this up and stick it in my butt, not going to be the hey. way to go. And I don't mean in the butt, I not mean in the butt. Yeah, for all you people. Right, that, right. Better to, call the, yeah. better to call the EMTs. And, you know, even in that case, you know, like you brought up earlier with the glucose, you know, kind of in the cheek. Mm-hmm. Um, even at that point, something like honey or like a glucose gel, if the person is actually carrying something along with them, squeezing it in their cheek and actually getting it, you just massage their cheek is going to get absorbed and it'll help the blood sugar, you know, faster. Okay. So um, those are good options. But yes, you know, overall, sure, carb needs to be accommodated for in beverages, especially if you're drinking the fancy, you know, um, Mai Tais and whatever they are, Bahama Sunflower, whatever, Bahama Breeze or whatever. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, and there's a fair amount of carb in those. I, I was like, I think that's from Bahama Breeze. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I know I'm <laughs> such, I have probably not, Jenny, no kidding. I have probably not had the total of a case of beer in my entire life. It just does yeah. not occur to me to drink. I, I don't know why. Just it's never struck me. Let's talk about the InPen from Companion Medical. First of all, companionmedical.com. That's where you go to find out. When you get there, there's a little blue thing up in the top right corner that says get InPen. If you want to just jump right to the good part, you just click on that. But first, I should tell you why you should be excited. If you're an MDI user, this thing is the bomb diggity. Do you understand? It's going to help you track your insulin. You know, all that fancy stuff that people with insulin pumps get, you could get that with your pen. Not only that, it talks to your continuous glucose monitor. If you have one, and if you don't have one, it's all right. The app still works great. The app, of course, is for iPhone or Android. It is completely free and available right now on the Google Play Store and on the Apple App Store. Is it? They don't call it the Apple App Store, right? They call it the iOS App Store? Do they call it the... App Store? I think they just call it the App Store. It's on the App Store. Let me tell you a little bit about what comes in this app. First of all, temperature alerts. It can tell you, right? It's amazing. Temperature alerts limit the chance of extreme heat or cold impacting your insulin. And if it happens, the app will let you know. Reporting is amazing. The summary of your therapy is spelled out right in front of you. You can share this with care providers or use it as a big picture look to help you make decisions. Do you have trouble remembering to dose your insulin? Impen provides you with an optional dose reminder, right? So you can decide to set up a dose reminder. It can also remind you to check your blood sugar. Impen will not remind you to make dinner. The app has a dose calculator. Now listen, I know a lot of you who are on injections wish you had this because they're on pumps and they're really helpful. Impen has it right on the app. Dose calculator to help you take the guesswork out of dosing. You enter your blood glucose and what you intend to eat and the correct dose is recommended. It takes into account recent doses to avoid insulin stacking. Impen is currently available in the U.S. You can head over to companionmedical.com right now to find out if your insurance covers the Impen. 
But even before you get your answer, head to the app store and get the app. The app's free. The pen, you know, the pen's not free. I'm not going to lie to you. Insurance coverage varies by plan. Please visit the Get Impen link at companionmedical.com to submit your information and find out with a no obligation verification of your insurance benefits if you are eligible for the Impen. Here's a funny one because Jenny and I know what we did last week. Uh, Jessica, who's another top fan, Jessica, thank you for being a top fan on Facebook, says, How do we concur? Or how do we handle fat protein rise when we know the blood sugar will rise again due to like Chinese food or mac and cheese, steaks, burgers, etc.? How do we learn how much to give at that second rise? And this one's an easy one for me to answer. I get to say, go back a month to the pro tip episode about fat and protein. Um, so yeah. you probably have heard it. That was an easy answer. I was like, yay, we finally got one we don't have to do anything for. Jenny and I just recorded an hour about <laughs> fat and protein. So... We're not going to rehash it here, but you can go find that episode, Jessica, and it yeah. will absolutely answer your questions. Let's – oh, this one might be more like for me, finally. Ask Scott. Oh, yay. Actually, let me awesome. say this before I move on. One of the nicest replies in this, one that made me feel really good about you know what the podcast does, is Jessica said, goodness, you all do such a good job of answering questions that I didn't even realize I had. <laughs> so – Oh, it's really great. Like I was like, that's, that's wonderful. Um, yeah, that made me feel good. That is awesome. Yeah. So, okay, here we go. Jen, scrolling. Megan. Megan says, when you talk about crushing a high, can you please give an example in a little more detail? For example, if my eight year old daughter finishes eating 45 minutes ago, had finished eating 45 minutes ago and she's 220, double arrows up, I either miscalculated the pre-bowls, the insulin or both. I love hearing people like they're mimicking the like the words in the pockets. It really makes me feel like we're getting through to people. How would you determine how much to give? This is Jenny's going to laugh because my answer is going to be so just basic. And if um, and in how much time if she's still going up, would you? Det- uh, how would you? When would you determine to give another bolus? Same amount this time, etc. So she's talking about like how to stop this like a blood sugar flying up. My daughter's on right. Let's hear Scott's response. Yeah, well, Jenny, you know what my <laughs> response is. I just give her more insulin. <laughs> How much more? I don't know, but more than you used the first time. That's for sure. Right. Um, okay. So this to me is one of those trial and error things. It's where you have to use the information that you have from the past to make a decision today. And oftentimes it's information you don't see as valuable. That's why I always tell people anything that happens, anything that happens with diabetes is never a mistake. I know things don't go the way you want all the time, but if you, you can't step back and go, Oh, I screwed that up or that really didn't work. You have to break it down and say, okay, here's what I did. Here's where I put the insulin in. This is how much I did. This is what happened later. That's the information that will tell you next time when my blood sugar is 222 up, how much insulin will stop this. And, you know, like, and so there is a bit of that, Megan, I think that you have to do. It's sort of pre-work for, you know, really kind of breaking down what you've seen in the past. Now, I can tell you how I do it, but the numbers are, they're meaningless to other people, right? Like how much insulin I would give Arden to stop a 220 with two hours straight up. First of all, Megan, and I don't mean to brag, but I don't see a lot of two hours. Uh, but, but that I mean, might be what you really need to look into. Like, how are you seeing two arrows? Like how far off were you in amount or timing? It could have been, it should be 
two arrows should say to you, significant miss. Like I really missed somewhere. You know what I mean? Now, and to bring in what do two what does two arrows mean? If you have a CGM and you're seeing two arrows, what does that mean? That's a rate of change of at least three points plus mm-hmm. per minute. Yeah, it's flying. So up. it's a quick rise. Right. Just to define that, it's at least three. By the way, I, I know we've all done the mm-hmm. thing where Dexcom says uh, two fifteen, and then five minutes later it's like two twenty seven. You're like, whoa, right, right. Uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> right. So right. there's two thoughts in here, Megan. First of all, the one is sometimes, you know, sometimes the arrows can, you know, throw you off a little bit. And I like to look at the pitch of the line. I know that sounds maybe strange to people, but a, a, a more gentle rising, more of like a slope. I, I describe it as uh, for people who've mm-hmm. seen the prices, right? It's the, it's the, the yodely the guy goes up the thing and like you're guessing things and then you know the, the, and he falls with his little pick hook right and the whole time yeah. you're watching it you're like oh the little like is it Switzerland is that what I'm thinking of I almost said Swedish but that's the Muppets so it's Switzerland mm-hmm. and he's going up the Swiss Alps there in this real steady climb and you spend the whole game thinking he's gonna stop he's gonna stop he's gonna, and he never stops he falls off the edge and you lose that's what happens when you watch that line to me like that slow growing mm-hmm. but steady upward line. That one to me says pre-bolus was probably pretty good, not enough insulin, right? And so because if your pre-bolus wasn't really good, you'd be shooting straight up. like like. Right. And so to me, that's, the line is the answer. It's helpful. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Is it is it going up quickly but still on more of a diagonal or is it like shooting straight up? Shooting straight up, you missed on everything. How much more do you put in back? Like, I don't know how to answer that question, but I would, I, I've always said on the podcast, I start with when I need more insulin back in the day, I would bolus what, what you would consider to be like life-saving foods, like they were going to be eaten. So if I had a juice box that had 15 carbs in it, I'd say to myself, how much would I bolus for this juice box if I wanted her Arden to drink it as an enjoyable thing and not drink it as a way to stop a low blood sugar? Whatever that answer is for insulin, I know I can put at least that much in, right? Because Mm -hmm. I can cover it real quickly with a juice box. But you're looking at a 220. So in my mind, you're stopping the momentum. You're stopping, you're, you're covering a number you have to account for the amount that's still going to rise before the insulin kicks in. Like, so Mm -hmm. you can kind of do that calculation through your head. You can go, all right, well, listen, I think like say 220, a unit of insulin would bring a 220 back to 90. So I go, okay, I need a unit for the number. Now I got to stop the arrows too, right? So I'll stop the arrows. That's probably going to take a unit. And she's, going to go another 50 points before this thing even slows down because I'm two hours up. That's how I sort of do the, that's math, the math. It's not math for me, right? Mm-hmm. So Megan, I can't tell anybody how much that is. I can tell you the answer is more. And, yeah. and, and I can tell you that you can do it in a way where your safety is, how do I catch it on the way back down again? Mm-hmm. And I think that this is scary for people in the beginning, especially probably with kids or Mm-hmm. adults who are by themselves, but there's so much to figure out about this. And when you do figure out how to stop one of these things, the information you've learned that leads you to stopping this and bringing it back level without a low, it, it will help you for years 
right. in all other aspects of diabetes. Like when you really understand how to manipulate the insulin and, and smack that that high blood sugar down, it's it's uh it's the stuff you'll use forever, I think. But Jenny m- might have a technical answer for this. Oh well, it may, and maybe a little bit more technical because I, you know, from what we all figure out by by experimenting on ourselves, we do. I mean, that's you've figured out many of the things that work for Arden because of, like you said. You do something, you see the impact, and next time you're like, uh, oh, it worked, but not quite enough, or it worked way too heavy, so let's dial it back or let's dial it up. And while there's not really math there, there is an intuitive math that you're kind of using, right? Yeah. If if you really are trying to use a, a math to work this issue out, mm-hmm. one, she's right in considering, well, what was the problem to begin with? Okay, if you're getting a pretty quick rise up, as you said, it's probably the timing of the insulin in the bolus. Right. My my assessment would also be, eh, it's likely that the insulin to carb ratio is probably not quite right either. I mean, if it's still 45 minutes later, when the insulin really should be getting active, if there wasn't much of a pre-bolus to begin with, if it's still shooting up with a double arrow, there was missed insulin there as well, right? How much? One good and very, I guess, conservative way, if you wanted a conservative, you know, look of how to address how much is plug it into the pump and see what is the pump recommending for this 220 blood sugar. Now, the pump doesn't know that there's a rise still happening. It just sees a solid, like, written in rock number. Yeah. Right. And so you can utilize that and see, well, the pump is recommending, you know, for a kid, it might be recommending something like 0.2. And you're thinking, well, 0.2, God, it's like a drop in the bucket. That's totally not going to touch a double arrow up with a 220 blood sugar. Okay. So intuitively, you know, something isn't quite right there with what the pump is recommending, Mm -hmm. nor does the pump know that it's still ascending at such a crazy climb. Yeah. So there's where you can learn by saying, okay, I know what the double arrows mean. The double arrows mean at least a climb of three, possibly more points per minute. So in the next 30 minutes, if you have a double arrow and you do nothing about it right now, in the next 30 minutes, your blood sugar could be 90 points higher if you did nothing, right? So if you plug that number in as, again, a way to use the math that's already programmed in with all of the ratios into your pump. 220 plus 90 gets you what? 310? Yeah. Right? If you plug in a 310 blood sugar and you ask the pump now to say, okay, what are you going to recommend for a bolus now to correct this? You are going to get a more robust recommendation. For sure. Right? So that's a conservative way. It's not quite as bold um, as you would attack it with. But if you're trying to learn, it's a more conservative math way of figuring it out and learning from it. Okay, you took the extra that the pump now recommended and eh, now I'm watching and the arrows have kind of angled and oh, it's now plateaued. But this is like now it's another like 60 minutes that it took because you took this conservative amount, right? So next time, be more bold. Right. Because that can very easily lead to actual stacking. Yeah. So, so the difference between, you know what, and let's add stacking to our defined diabetes list too. That's a good idea. That is a good one. Right. Um, so I I got some feedback about the podcast once where this gentleman said to me, we, the day I said, it's not stacking if you need it, he said changed his life. But 
it's not stacking if you need it. So, but if you put in, in this scenario that we've built here, if you put in a half a unit and then wait 20 minutes and put in another half and then get frustrated and wait a half an hour and put in a unit and now it's five more, you know, and next thing you know, you've put in three, four, five units over this hour and a half period, that is stacking. That's stacking. And you are going to get low later. But mm-hmm. if you actually needed, say you actually needed three of those units. It, it, and you it, took it all up front. Right. It wouldn't, you wouldn't be stacking it w- because, the, no. because the impact of the insulin would be lined up with the with the carbs and what the carbs are doing right now. So the action of the carbs, the impact of the insulin are going to be lined up against each other. They'll get into that fight we talk about, and then they'll all kind of dissipate at the same time. But but thinking about the idea that insulin you use right now is for later, you keep adding later and later and later. It keeps layering over top of itself. Eventually those layers are all going to be on top of themselves at the end of this timeline. And that's where you get low. So Mm -hmm. I like cr- crushing up front because it also stops stacking. It stops lows later. And if you are drifting low after crushing a high blood sugar, they are much easier to catch without lows or rebound highs. If you haven't stacked. Yes. yes. If you haven't stacked. If you stack, Absolutely. Now, now, you're, now you're stuck guessing how do I feed this insulin and not. Because which high. one is actually, which dose was actually causing the drop. So how much do I use you to done, treat you it? You caused yourself a problem is what you've done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. A huge thank you to InPen for sponsoring this episode of the Juice Box Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed Ask Scott and Jenny, as Jenny and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. Don't forget to find out more about InPen. Go to companionmedical.com. There are also links in your show notes and at juiceboxpodcast.com. I'm going to take the rest of this time to remind you that I have a Facebook page. It's called Bold with Insulin. It's on, you know, Facebook, because that's where you keep the Facebook pages. Now, there's a public page you can go to, Bold with Insulin, but once you're there, there's also a discussion group, right? You got to kind of answer a couple quick questions to get in there so we know who's in there. And there you are going to find listeners from the show, just like you, talking about ideas, about management, supporting each other. It's very cool. You should check it out. I'm also on Instagram, at Juicebox Podcast. The Twitter, if any of you are still doing that, where else? I don't know. Pinterest? I don't really, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't put anything on Pinterest. Last thing, thanks so much for your wonderful ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It means a lot. I really do like them. I say it means a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. I say it, I say it a lot, so I don't want you to think I don't mean it because I really do. I say it a lot because I really mean it and I want you to know. I also am now wondering how many times I can say a lot before the music ends. Oh, Joe, geez, I almost forgot. Check out Jenny at integrateddiabetes.com, or there's a link in the show notes to her email address. But integrateddiabetes.com is where you can find Jenny Smith. Let her do the voodoo that she do on you do. A lot.